Welcome back to the Stoplight Approach Podcast, where brain science is made simple. Today on the podcast, we are talking about chapter eight from the book Signals. And chapter eight is on mending your mess ups, repairing relationships. And here to discuss chapter eight with me is my husband, Tim. Hi, thanks for having me. So she makes it really clear at the beginning, very beginning of the chapter, that in order to repair relationships, in order to mend your mess ups, we absolutely have to be in green brain. So what we're talking about is there's been a red brain moment. We've really messed up. Whatever that red brain moment looks like for us, whether that's yelling or being rude or disrespectful or hurtful with our words or our actions, um, red brain has caused a big mess up, rupture in the relationship, and, and now we need to repair. And the only way to repair is to be in green brain. So we have gotten back to a place where we're calm, we're able to reflect, we're able to think about what happened, and we're ready to, in a green brain state, go and try to repair the relationship that's been ruptured in that red brain moment. And she gives um, kind of three steps for um, repairing relationships. And for we've been around Stoplight for a long time, and so we've known this this process for a long time is fix it, treasure it, change it. Um, But for the the headings in the book, she uses three R's, repair, reconnect, and reevaluate. And so yeah, I was going to see if we could just talk through, talk through these steps. So repair, fix it. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, most of the time, we do this, you, you ask me the questions. And so how about this time we flip it around and flip the script and I'm going to ask you about this. So uh, the first one is, is fix it or, or repair. And, and when, when we say repair, what we want to do in that is we really want to fully own our part in this. So that means that we want to really take responsibility for what, what our actions were in this red moment. So can, could you give an example of what that would sound like to take that kind of ownership? Yeah. So, um, kind of thinking, thinking back to, you know, kind of a recent red brain moment or situation, um, it would look like, you know, I'm sorry for the way I spoke to you while we were doing homework earlier. It was wrong of me to talk to you like that. It was harsh and rude and not at all loving. I'm sorry that I treated you that way. Will you forgive me? So what is in there is completely saying there's no excuses. Hmm. I don't get to explain away why I said or did the things that I said or did. I'm owning it and taking responsibility for it. It was wrong and I need forgiveness. Yeah. And that's such a contrast to how often we, we will say things like, well, I, well, I'm sorry, but, mm. and, and we use that because we, we know it's the right thing to do to say that we're sorry, but, but we also really want to make sure that the other 
person, whoever that conflict is with, whatever that, that moment that happened, we want them to also know that they were involved in it. Now, now once again, like what, what we're talking about here is what we can do in that moment, right? We, we can't make someone else uh, respond this way, but we want to model it. We want to do it well with the hopes that, that they'll reciprocate and be able to, to do the same thing back. But green brain stuff starts with you. And so if you're in green brain, you're ready to do this, then that's a, that's a wonderful example in there to not qualify it, but to really own what has occurred. Uh, and so, so that, that moves on uh, to, uh, to reconnection or as we've often said, treasure it. And, and so, so when we do that, really what we want to do is we want to show the other person that they have value, that, that they are treasured. And this is one of those steps that I, I think we can, I, I think the honest truth, I think we can struggle with any of these steps uh, as we go through. But I think this one is often one that we, we may want to jump to. I think she illustrates that in the book that, that we kind of, we, we know that the relationship's been kind of broken. And so we want to, we, sometimes we'll skip the ownership part and we'll try to move directly into the reconnection part. And in essence, when we, when we do that, that can actually cause problems because we're not owning anything. We're kind of leaving that up in the air yeah. as to what actually occurred, who, whose part was that. So can you give us, once again, kind of an example of, of what does it really look like to, to treasure or, or, or to, to reconnect after you've gone through that step of, of fixing it or repairing it. Yeah. So recently, um, I, I had a red brain moment, um, and yeah, just said and did some things that just were not kind at all. And, um, and so after I got back to green brain and kind of went and apologized, um, took responsibility, I said, sorry, asked for forgiveness. Uh, one thing that I did was I asked um, the kiddos involved if they wanted to go play basketball. Mm. And we went to the park and we played basketball. Um, that's something that, you know, a couple of our, our children are really into right now. It's something that they really enjoy. And I honestly just wanted to do something fun with them, mm -hmm. something that I knew that they would enjoy and mm -hmm. something that would help show that, I value you. I want to spend time with you. I want to connect with you. I want to kind of enter your world and do something that you find fun. Yeah. Just to kind of establish that, you know, mm -hmm. that connection that had been, that had been ruptured. Yeah. And I think that I, I use this, this term before, and I, I think this is a really important time to maybe explain it just a little bit more, but I use this term before that, that, that kids are really great observers but they're really terrible interpreters and, and i think that that uh, I, I said that because it's it's a really pithy saying uh but i think that this is one of those times to maybe explain that just a little bit more it's not simply that that kids are are terrible at at, at explaining things what it is is they'll actually fill in a false narrative in, into that and, and it's because they don't have the experience they don't have the tools to be able to do that and so, so often if we're not 
helping them to understand what our role is as adults, as the caregivers, it's really easy for that to turn into, well, there, there must be something wrong with me as the child. You know, this must be ultimately all my fault. And that ultimately just then means that the child's really going to be full of shame. Um, you know, there's something wrong with me. I'm the cause of this. And so I think it's really important for us to understand in, in, in this process, we're, we're also not, not just repairing the, the relationship, we're also helping to give our kids the right understanding of the situation as well. So they understand <clears throat> this is not all their fault. Like we own our own reactions, we, we own our own things. And so therefore going through this process is so important because it really gives them a realistic picture about what's going on, which will only help them grow emotionally and, and, and develop the way that, that we would hope. So the, the last one here is uh, re-evaluation, or what we often said is, is change it, right? We, we, we go through this these steps, and so this is the last one. And in essence, the, the question that it's asking is, well, what's going to be the plan moving forward? And so could you, once again, kind of elaborate on what that might look like? Yeah, so like this one situation that I'm kind of talking about, one thing that I, um, you know, tried to, to explain to the kids is, okay, next time, if, if we run into this situation again, this is what I'm going to do. And my plan was, I'm, I'm just going to go upstairs and take 10 deep breaths and get a glass of water and I'll come back when I'm, when I'm ready to kind of re-engage the situation. Um, now I want to acknowledge that I can do that because I have older children. Mm, um, yeah. so, and for, for the most part, you know, my children are able to be left alone on their own and, and will be safe if they're on their own. So I want to acknowledge that parents of little ones can't just leave the room or parents, you know, who have children with disabilities, you know, probably can't just walk away and leave the room. But the point is that, you know, having a plan moving forward. Okay. If when I run into this situation again, this is what I want to do differently. Um, and so it might not look like leaving the room and, and, you know, taking 10 deep breaths and getting a glass of water, but it might, you know, just anything that will kind of like interrupt that Mm -hmm. sort of, um, dive into red brain. Um, so it can really look like anything, but the point is really, instead of saying like, I won't do that again, um, which focuses on the negative Mm. saying, this is what I will do differently. I will do this, Mm -hmm. which focuses on the positive. It gives my brain something new to learn and focus on like a new pathway to try to develop Mm. rather than just saying, stop that. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, that's not how our brain learns. Our brain learns by focusing on something positive, a new skill, something that I'm going to develop and learn. So that's the idea behind change it or, or reevaluation. What's going to be different next time. Hmm. That's really good. Thanks so much for just walking us through that. I think that, I think it's also just really helpful to hear what that actually looks like in real life, mm-hmm. because I, I think that, there's oftentimes where I just was thinking about what you were saying as like, Oh gosh, like I've really shortchanged that or, or I've, I've really only given that lip service 
or this has been really incomplete in the past and really seeing the importance and value of really moving through all of those steps so that that we've owned it, that we've reconnected, and now we actually have a, a plan uh, about how we're actually going to do things different next time. And while well, it just, just sounds so different than what oftentimes is, is my default way of restoring a relationship, and yet it sounds so much better yeah. to do it that way. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, the, we all sort of have our default ways of kind of how we go about fixing our mess-ups or or not, to be honest. Some of us, are, our default way is just sort of ignoring it and pretending like it didn't happen and um, kind of sweeping it under the rug. Um, but she kind of like pulls out in the chapter different reasons why it might be hard, like why this process might be hard for us. Um so I was going to see if you, if there's anything that stood out to the chapter in stood out in the chapter about like, why is this so hard? <laughs> like for us to go through these steps, like what stops us from doing that? Yeah. Uh, I think that one of the things that for sure stops me. And I, I talked about this, I, I think the last podcast episode was that there, there's times where like, I, I feel like they deserve it. <laughs> like I'm kind of resentful uh, of it. And so I, I don't want to go through this process because, <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but like, I want them to come to me, you know, I want them to own it. And if they want to stew in it, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I can stew in it too. And so, so there's the kind of a sense of like, I, I want, I want them to feel bad. You know, that's where that mm-hmm. kind of resentment comes in, or I really want them to, you know, kind of feel that guilt because, well, you, you deserve it. You know, that's what's really going to change you mm-hmm. is you don't want to feel this way again. And so instead of me being the adult and and going forward and, and beginning this process of really restoring ourselves back back with our with our kids, sometimes I don't want to get started because I I want there to be I, what I've realized is I'm just not actually in in green brain like I, I'm still in red brain and so I'm still thinking not in healthy terms, I'm thinking of really unhealthy terms. Mm-hmm. And I think that once again, that's why that, that last step is so important there is that we need to get ourselves out of mm-hmm. that red brain. Because when we're in that red brain, um, I mean, I know that I'm certainly not thinking about how do I fix all that's gone on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it kind of is that sort of leftover um, mindset from like that kind of punishment mentality. Um, that does make it hard, you know, when we, when we are stuck in that and that's the most, um, familiar kind of way of relating. Um, it is hard to kind of pull ourselves out of that because you are thinking, well, you know, you, you deserve it or this is what you get. Um, but yeah, like recognizing that that's leftover from that kind of punishment mindset and, and trying to reset that, um, one thing that kind of stuck out to me is she mentions that um, sometimes we haven't had apologies modeled for us. And, um, I, you know, I, I that really stood out to me because I was like, yeah, like kind of when we were growing up and I think in a lot of cultures around the world, to be honest, it's it's very uncommon for parents to apologize to their children. Um 
it's, it's very uncommon for adults to apologize to children in general. So whether that's a teacher apologizing to a student or a parent apologizing to their child or, or really any context where someone older and in authority is apologizing to someone younger under their authority. Like you just, you don't see that very often. And, um, and so it's not surprising that it's hard, right? Like Mm -hmm. when, Mm -hmm. when we didn't grow up with that, um, when there's a lot of people that didn't grow up with that and now realizing like, actually brain science tells us this is how we develop secure relationships Mm, is we own our mistakes. We say our sorry. We we say that we're sorry. We ask for forgiveness, show that we value that person, and then and then work to fix it. Work to make things different in the future. Um, yeah. To change things. It is just an, again just a complete mindset shift yeah. Um, yeah. to the way that we prob- most of us probably were brought up. Yeah. And I- as, as you were saying that, it just reminded me as we go through this, you know, part of what we are doing is, is not, we're not just kind of, you know, repairing it and treasuring it and changing it. We're also modeling it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the challenge that you're getting at is that it, if we haven't seen this model before, we just don't really know what it's even supposed to look like. So we just feel kind of like we're just kind of fumbling around in the dark and we're not even sure if we're doing the right thing because we don't even really know what we're looking for and so i really appreciate you modeling that because i think that that we need that Mm -hmm. to say okay maybe i know what's wrong but boy i really don't know what to do what's right Mm -hmm. and and it was really i think it's really helpful to see that model of okay this is what it looks like in real life Mm -hmm. and then hopefully our kids see what it looks like in real life and they begin to be able to do that same thing it's just really powerful to think about what modeling can really do um, for us and for them. Yeah. And it's exciting to think about like, if we, you know, start now, you know, modeling this with our children, like us as parents, as authority figures, respecting them and honoring them enough to acknowledge, Hey, I messed up Mm -hmm. and I am really sorry. And I need your forgiveness. If, if we can show them that kind of respect, if we can model that kind of humility, Mm. then you know, this new generation coming Mm, up, you know, it's going to be easier and easier for them to extend that kind of respect to others, to their children and to the people that they interact with. And so, yeah, it does have the potential to have this ripple effect across generations, you know, and cultures Mm -hmm. as this, these practices sort of um, flow out, you know, Mm -hmm. but it, it has to start with me. It has to start with us, you know? Yeah. Um, there's one quote that I used in the first season of the podcast. It's by Dr. David Cross. And this is something that has really helped me in this, as I've kind of learned this, um, habit of repair and reconnecting and reevaluating, fix it, treasure it, change it. Um, Dr. David Cross says it is better to err and repair than to never have erred at all. And I remember the first time I heard him say that, and it just sort of blew my mind because I had always thought that it's better just to not make any mistakes. It's better to never, ever err, make mistakes. Um, I wanted to be perfect. 
And what he was saying, no, actually what happens is when you err, you make a mistake and then you repair, you're teaching your child, you're developing that neural pathway in their brain that, okay, when there's a rupture in a relationship, we can repair it. It's not the end of the relationship. It's actually a way to eventually make the relationship stronger Mm -hmm. because we see like, okay, we messed up, but we can fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we value each other and, and we're, this Im- relationship is really important to both of us. Mm-hmm. It's important enough to work on. And so the idea is that, but if we never, ever made any mistakes, we never, ever erred at all, yeah. then there would never be an opportunity to practice that rupture and repair, rupture and repair, mm-hmm. and see that relationships can endure mm-hmm. and persevere even even when there's rupture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so that was so encouraging to me, as a mom who messes up a lot, who has a lot of airing, and repairing to do very very often, is to remember like when I air and repair, I'm actually helping my child's brain learn how to do this for future relationships yeah. for the rest of their lives, yeah. and that's really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and as a dad, who does the same thing. I think having both parents, you'll be together and work on this the same way. It really shows that this is the right thing to do. You know, it doesn't, this isn't something that one, one, one person does and the other one doesn't. And that, that, you know, we really are partners in, in parenting. Um, and I I think that that, that really helps, uh, our, our kids see that, this is just what we do in life. Yeah. Yeah. Another um, phrase that we have in our family is it's okay to be imperfect and make mistakes. And you you can look at that as it's okay to be imperfect and make mistakes. So we'll just pretend like the mistakes didn't happen and move on and la di da di da. But that's not really what it means. It means like it's okay to be imperfect and make mistakes because mistakes can always be repaired. We can we can own them, we can take responsibility for them, and we can repair them and move forward and, and kind of figure out that plan for how it's going to be different next time. So it's okay to be imperfect and make mistakes because we know that mistakes ultimately are going to help us grow and learn if, if we handle them the right way. Um, so last time we kind of introduced the idea of um, taking questions. And so we have an email address where people can email us, podcasts with an S, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, podcasts at thestoplightapproach.org. As we get on in the book, if anybody has questions that uh, we could answer or help you think through, we'd love to do that. We will not even pretend to be experts or to know all the right answers, um, but we definitely can um, consider kind of where you're stuck and, yeah, see if we can we can help shed some light. Next time, we will be talking about Chapter 9. And we'll look forward to chatting with you then. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Stoplight Approach podcast. Please share, subscribe, 
Rate and review this podcast as it will help other people to find us. The Stoplight Approach offers many resources to help families, schools, churches, and other groups to grow in their understanding of the brain and relationships. Please visit www.thestoplightapproach.org to learn more.